0: Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic overseeing our tossing phase one and sarcoma programs. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Ms. Miriam Hernandez, a program manager in community outreach here at Cleveland Clinic. She's here today to talk to us about community outreach. So welcome, Miriam.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Shepard.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit about outreach and the things you're doing in that, but maybe uh, start off by telling us a little bit about what your role is here at Cleveland Clinic.
1: Absolutely. So, my role with uh, the team is to decrease uh, late-stage cancer diagnosis by identifying health disparities and inequalities in our underserved populations. So, essentially, we establish partnerships in the community, and we are able to work together to decrease some of the barriers that are found within those communities to ensure access for those who need it.
0: Nice. So... That's, uh, that's certainly something that's, that's much needed. Um, tell us a little bit about how our community outreach program started, and, and you talked a little bit about the mission, but how, how did this all get started?
1: So our, our Toss at Cancer Institute uh, Community Outreach Patient Navigation Program actually started in 2008, in June, and it was based off of a three-year grant from Pfizer that uh, followed the mission of uh, Dr. Harold P. Freeman. Uh, from the Patient uh, Navigation Institute. He's a physician from uh, Harlem, from Harlem Hospital, who developed a program to ensure that traditionally underserved people would receive timely assistance uh, necessary to help guide them through the complexities of the medical system. And so through the program and the mission, our goal was to affect cancer disparities within the target Targeted market and identifying and resolving barriers to care within our area.
0: That's really important because, as you as you think about where we sit here in the in the community, um, we're oftentimes much more likely to get patients from the suburbs than right down the street. So, um, tell me a little bit about the things that we do to to reach out to patients and and bring them here to the Cleveland Clinic.
1: So we. Pretty much uh, partner with anyone from local churches to uh, Hispanic community partners, our local federally qualified health centers, homeless shelters, local government entities, barbershops, beauty shops, anyone that can help us. Uh, reach those uh, community members that are in those underserved populations. So anyone that is able to provide a platform for us or a partnership for us that will allow us to uh, collaborate with them, those individuals that they are already aware of, that are already familiar and, and have that uh, confidence in going into their establishments.
0: So what kind of activities, uh, sort of describe what what that looks like. So um, like our barbershop um, interventions and, and churches. Are these activities or these ongoing efforts uh, over the course of time? T- tell me a little bit about how we, how we partner with those groups to, to engage patients.
1: So for our churches, we actually have a program called Skit, Stop Cancer in Its Tracks program. And it actually is based on the partnership with our uh, faith-based community. And so we seek out churches that may be interested in doing some of the events, education sessions that we're able to provide. And we ask that they in turn um, allow us uh, to have a little bit of space in their churches or synagogues or mosques or whatever their faith-based location may be. And so to give us a a bit of a platform and encourage uh, not only their parishioners, but their local community members, um, you know, going out into that community, like you said earlier, uh, just because someone attends that church doesn't mean that they live in that surrounding area. And so our goal is to ensure that we reach those that are in that surrounding area, as well as the parishioners that attend. And so our faith-based community is a large part in how we reach people and how we spread the word and allow for referrals to come to us in that manner as well.
0: What do you think are are some of the biggest barriers that you see when you go out and you, you talk to people who may not be coming to see us for their care? Um, is it primarily concern about the care they receive, their ability to pay for the care, to get to the, the clinic? What what are the sort of barriers that you you're you're trying to overcome? Um, when patients are, are really not being seen and should be?
1: Absolutely. So it actually is all of the above. Um, so we see everything from financial barriers where people are either uninsured or underinsured because we often see that although an individual may have uh, insurance, the deductibles that are being asked uh, to be met before they can receive services are too high. And so they're not able to receive the services. So we help to um, eliminate some of that. Uh, We also help with transportation barriers. One big issue that we found was that individuals who were looking to come to us to receive, let's say, a colonoscopy, for example, who were in homeless shelter They may not necessarily have access to a family member or close friend or someone that actually has a vehicle, as is required when you have that type of of procedure, to come sit with you and then take you home in a private vehicle. So we found that by partnering with an entity that allows us to provide that type of service for them, um, it allowed for us to see a larger number of patients who were receiving colonoscopies. So um, another big thing that we've seen as well is um, the language barriers. So our team, my team in particular, in my area, we focus on the Latinx community. And so being able to provide that service from beginning to end in their language has definitely made a big impact on the number of people that we're seeing.
0: Tell me about the role of, of navigators and specifically with this group. What does it look like? I mean, this from a programmatic standpoint, someone we finally have someone says, Look, I, I need to come in and I need to be seen. I really want to start engaging with the healthcare system. You know, how do we practically help them do that? What have we been able to do?
1: So I always say that our patient navigators are our VIPs. They are our superstars, rock stars, because although we as program managers are able to create these opportunities for individuals to come and be screened, our patient navigators are really the ones that take the lead on being able to follow them through the entire process. So our patient navigators are able to um, establish rapport with them. They're able to communicate with them uh, when and where the patient wants to be seen they schedule the appointments. They're able to have reminder appointments and help them navigate the financial process by you know, steering them over to our financial uh, navigators that they need to see. They really do it all. And so they, they are able to follow them through and have the ability to connect with them um, almost to the point that... They consider them friends. A lot of them, a lot of the patients that uh, I've seen and a lot of the patient navigators, great patient navigators that I've had the honor of working with, um, so many patients, when they come to their visits, uh, ask if they're going to meet them, if they're going to be able to see them. And then there's that connection that would then allow them to uh, alleviate some of the fears for some of the other services that they may need. Um, so for example, we may have a woman that's coming in for a mammogram, which is pretty typical, but definitely would be, uh, not willing to come in for a colonoscopy, let's say, because that's, that's a little bit more, um interfering with their lives. And so by having these conversations with patient navigators, uh, we've seen so many many people that have been able to transition from just one service that they're receiving to then receiving more than one because of that contact that they know that they will not be left just kind of out there.
0: And I guess just to take a step back uh, for people who may be listening and maybe have some experience with navigation and that takes on a lot of different ways to work. Um, are the navigators in this program, are they sort of working on that primary contact to get them set up in, in the system, or are they following in a longitudinal way?
1: They are doing both. Okay. So if we have patients that have never been seen at any of our centers, they are the first contact for them. They're entering information and guiding them through what's needed initially. And then once they've been established as one of our patients, they're able to follow them through on any of the services that we provide.
0: And how do we integrate what's happening on main campus with our regional hospitals and family health centers? So the efforts we're making uh, from an outreach standpoint, does that encompass all of those facilities as well?
1: It absolutely does. So our team has grown um, and currently we have our director. Uh, we have six program managers that oversee six different zones. That's how we delineate our coverage. Uh, we have one clinical APP that's uh part of our team, as well as four patient navigators and one research coordinator. And so for the program managers in those zones, we are actually spread from the East main campus side of, of Cleveland to a little bit Southern into the Warrensville area. Um, my area, which is the Lutheran Hospital and uh, near West side of Cleveland. We have another program manager that shares my area closely, as well as Lorain County. And then most recently, our newest program manager oversees the Mansfield area. So we are able to provide services and education and screening opportunities for individuals in all of those areas.
0: That's impressive. So when we think about cancer care, we think about screening, we think about treatment, we think about survivorship. Uh, do we have activities going on in each of those areas? Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So, we had the opportunity to partner not only with our internal partners um, in our hospitals and our uh, family health centers, but we've also had the opportunity to partner with the uh, federally qualified health centers. And so, we've been able to provide things like on site mammogram clinics, whether that's on site Cleveland Clinic. Uh, facilities or on-site with some of our federally qualified health centers by bringing in a mobile mammogram clinic service. We've also been able to have a prostate clinic, uh, colonoscopy clinics throughout the different locations within Cleveland Clinic. Um, We are working on our HPV outreach, HPV vaccinations as well. So uh, we have a variety of things that we are able to provide for patients.
0: So a lot of this outreach by nature means that you have to go out and talk to people and, and, and well, interact with them. What's been the impact of COVID? How has that, uh, that affected what you've been doing and how have you guys been able to accommodate that?
1: You know, when COVID first started, I think um, our entire team, as well as other individuals, thought that uh, community outreach was definitely going to be impacted and sidelined. And we actually found that we were as busy, if not busier, than we were in the past. And so um, what we initially did once we were able to come back and things started to open a little bit more, we implemented a um, concierge type of service for mammogram clinics, where we provided the women that were coming in uh, curbside uh, check in setup. So we provided everything COVID related. So hand sanitation, masking, temperature, uh, question, answer, screening uh, services for COVID. And we were able to escort these uh, women that were receiving these services into the mammogram suite, allowing them to be as contactless uh, and as brief within the facility as possible. And so that really allowed us to see that the Women that were coming in were not only very grateful for having the opportunity to come in while COVID uh, was still having a big impact on the services that they were able to receive, but they loved the fact that we were giving them the special extra attention where we met them and greeted them, and were able to provide some goodies for them from coming in and just making them feel special. And so we've grown that idea this year into some of the other services that we provide. So the colonoscopy clinics, we've been doing the same. We're able to meet them at the front area. We take them to registration, push all the elevator buttons, open all the doors kind of scenario, and um, do the same thing for them.
0: That's excellent. So um, certainly it's something that is a big undertaking. And there are other organizations, other groups that are also trying to help out with community outreach and providing care, how do we work with other partner organizations in the community and how how have we been able to engage with other groups to sort of maximize what we and they are able to provide for these patients?
1: So we've been able to um, work with them by helping them to help us to spread the word. And so we've provided things like uh, new rack cards that we've developed. We have worked on our community outreach uh, website that now provides breakdown of what we provide and what we do, as well as the ability to connect directly to our Cleveland Clinic resource page where they're able to see and uh, print out any information that they may need.
0: That's great. So... When you look at different groups, it's like when we say underserved populations, it's a it's a really a diverse group of of populations. Um, are there some things that work better with some groups than others? Have you found along the way? Yes. So
1: one of the things that we found is that bringing the mobile mammography unit, for example, directly to a homeless shelter has definitely provided a large number of women being screened on that day. Because you don't know with the homeless population if they'll be able to get to the appointment or where you're going to send transportation services to pick them up, bringing it directly to them and meeting them where they are has definitely worked. That also goes along with the language piece that we talked about earlier. Having the ability for that person to contact someone directly and be able to ask questions has definitely worked for us. Um, We've also recently started a program where we are providing the prep materials for colonoscopies. So we're able to provide um, over-the-counter products uh, and we've seen a great increase in the number of people that are actually showing up well-prepared for their colonoscopies rather than uh, having them be turned away because they're not fully prepared.
0: That's great. So, you guys have made great strides. what What do you see as the biggest gaps? Um, is you know what needs to what's the next big thing that needs to change to 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 make a big step forward?
1: So I think we need to continue to um, reach the individuals that we haven't reached. And so, I think there's large groups of populations that we may not have reached currently. Um, myself and and another uh, program manager we focus on the Latinx community we have a program manager that focuses on the LGBTQ community Um, you know we've moved into the rural areas and so I think expanding and promoting the services uh, within the community and gaining the trust to have those individuals actually come in and receive those services is definitely something that's a, a challenge that we continue to undertake every day.
0: So uh, this program has been around in, in some way and it's certainly grown since 2008. So it's been a little while and you guys have gathered lots of experience. Um, if there are other places that would like to set up uh, community outreach and um, sort of provide this for their communities, what, what do you think have been the biggest wins and what have been some of the disappointments and things that just didn't work? What kind of guidance can you provide?
1: Don't give up. Definitely. Continue trying. Um, Finding the the way to reach those uh, within your own communities, finding what their biggest needs are. You know, in one place, it may be transportation because you're in a rural setting. And so you need to figure that part out. In another place, it could be financial. In another place, it could be language. So I think it really just depends on your area and knowing your, your demographic, your catchment area and figuring out um, what is best for those individuals there.
0: So, Marion, thanks for all of your insight today. You guys are doing really great work with uh, community outreach. I'd like to thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Shepard. It was a pleasure being able to share uh, what our team does.
0: So to learn more about our community outreach team, visit clevelandclinic.org slash cancer community outreach. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. You will find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org cancer advances podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.